0: It's good to see everyone this morning. I uh, had an experience this past week that uh, is just, to me, it was just amazing. And uh, that is, I was driving up to our our cabin that we've been working on. By the way, we have a certificate of occupancy. and. Uh, We have our first folks coming to stay in our cabin on August the 8th, and so we're very uh, pleased with how the Lord has been putting all that together. But I was driving up there, and and, I was driving through the trees, and here's this deer walking across the driveway. And following was, I'm talking a brand new fawn. I mean, that guy wasn't that tall. And um, I stopped the truck, rolled my window down, got my camera out. I was starting to take pictures. Mama went this way, and the baby went up this way, and it went around the corner. And it was crossing the road again. I took some more pictures. (laughs) That thing had more spots than than anybody could ever count. it was so young that its hind legs worked better and faster than its front legs. And it was just kind of. <laughs> just reminded me about how great God is. And um, I'll tell you what, Mike, the songs that we sang this morning, I listened to a sermon on the way over this morning by David Jeremiah. Uh, he's been preaching a series on angels and this morning it was angels in relation to our death whenever the time comes that the lord takes us home we don't have to make that journey by ourselves we're going to have the angels there guide me gently safely over to thy kingdom shore i tell you that is uh, I, I think i said this last week i'm so glad i'm a christian amen um Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter one. Galatians chapter one. Have you ever been misunderstood? Um, misunderstandings prove that we need to check and recheck our message. And uh, our method of communication may change but the message of jesus is the same and uh it's what we want to talk about this morning Uh, we want to talk about if there was a title for this it'd be graceful graceful living Um, 10 signs of communication is different in the 21st century you ready for this You never have to memorize phone numbers anymore. Your phone memorizes them for you. I'm kind of glad of that. I used to, back in the day, I had every church member's phone number memorized. The majority, anyway. I can't believe I did that. I'm not a memorizing person, but I I did. If I needed to call somebody, I just called them. and um so you text your son to let him know it's time to eat and he texts back from his bedroom and says what's for dinner so your daughter sells girl scout cookies via her website you can chat any time of the day with anybody in the world but you haven't spoken with your next-door neighbor all this year. (laughs) Your grandmother clogs up your email inboxes asking you to send her a JPEG file of your kids so that she can create a new screensaver. Your reason for not staying in touch with family is that they don't have a Facebook account. You consider second-day air delivery painfully slow. You hear most of your jokes via Facebook instead of in person. That reminds me, Colleen, you remember Jerry Brush, the pastor at uh, Florida Baptist Church? He and I had breakfast together every Tuesday morning for 13 years. He retired from the Bayfield School District. Um, after 34 years and uh, taught Spanish and, and psychology and, and uh, he was the bivocational pastor at, at Florida. Every Tuesday morning I heard at least one new joke I'd never heard before. <laughs> he was always telling jokes. If anything requires extensive reading Without bullet points or an executive summary, you dismiss it as cumbersome and old school. You want an electronic copy of this list so that you can forward it to somebody else. Somebody's always forwarding me something. (laughs) Well, communication can be instant these days. I remember a few years back, I was in, in uh, Cambodia on a mission trip and we were, we were driving along and we were, we were um, in the jungles of Cambodia. And uh, you, you wouldn't think that there was any technology or anything anywhere around. And uh, we were driving along and, and um, we were just coming into this little village and I see this cell tower. So we got done, we got checked in wherever we were staying, and I said, Well I'll just I think I'll just try to call Connie. I call Connie on the cell phone and we talked just like I was next door. And um, texting is just a way of life these days. I mean I have made very important uh, commitments that I would have to drive two or 300 miles to preach somewhere and never talk to the pastor. It's all done via texting. Hey, can you preach for me on this day? Uh, Yeah, usually the day before. Hey, you still on for tomorrow? <laughs> yep, I'll be there. <laughs> and uh, with, without picking up a phone, without calling, without talking to anybody, uh, we can make all the commitments that we, that we make. Communication was a bit different in Paul's day. At the time, uh, the preferred method of communicating other than just in person was uh, a letter. And the letter wasn't routed through the post office, but by a messenger who knew where the letter was headed and carried it there in person. So this letter to the Galatians, inspired by God, was written by Paul to the church in Galatia. And the reason for the letter was the Galatians, having started their Christian experience by faith, seemed content to leave their journey of faith and chart a new course based on works. Paul found this very disturbing, thus the letter. And his letter to the Galatians is a strong attack Against the gospel of works and a defense of the gospel of faith so let's look at Galatians chapter 1 and let's just read verses 1 through 10 Galatians 1 Paul an apostle not from men nor through man but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God the Father, God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from Him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be cursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I uh, now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men, for, I still, uh, if, for if I s- still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So before we get to the application of this letter in our personal lives, let me expound a few uh, points here. Uh, in the opening and, and ask some questions. First, the letter is sent by Paul. Notice he says an apostle not from men nor through men but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me. And so he was he was writing this letter Uh, God-inspired, he was sending the letter, but there were others in his presence that were with him that um, he was recognizing as, hey, there's several of us that's saying to you what needs to be said. So this letter is written by Paul, is guided by the Holy Spirit. He is called by God for God's work. He is an apostle, which literally means one sent by the Lord. Paul had seen the magnificence of the Lord. And that happened on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9 and was led by the Lord ever since remember that uh, in Acts chapter 9 uh, he was blinded he's he saw the Lord he, Jesus he was blinded and and uh, the Lord spoke to him why why are you kicking against the goats why why are you persecuting me why are you persecuting my church you know and uh, so that was Paul's conversion experience what an experience that was so the question is are you guided by the holy spirit in all that you do i don't know about you but i ask for god's guidance and wisdom on a daily basis i don't know about you but i need that <laughs> i need his direction i i need clarity in what I need to be doing. So the second thing, the apostle himself is sent by Christ into the world. Uh, Paul's authority in writing this letter is that of an apostle, one who is sent out. He has authority in writing this letter. So, to whom do you belong? The world or the kingdom? Who do you belong to? Third, the next thing he talks about is grace and peace. In verse 3, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessings and peace was a common uh, feature of writings in letters of his day. But notice that in keeping with the spirit of apostleship, Paul sends grace and peace not from himself but from the one who sent him. The source of grace and peace is God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So who is your source of life? Jesus or man? The final thing he talks about in his opening remarks is glory. Glory completes the circle. God bestows grace upon us and our response is glory to him. Glory is not simply what we say, but it is also what we do. What we become and who we are because of the work of Christ. In us, the most efficient way of bringing glory to God is for lives to be transformed by the work of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but my life was transformed when I come to know Jesus, that changed everything. So, who gets the glory for what you do? Who gets the glory from Where you are, and how you witness, and how you follow the Lord. We need to give Him glory, and we need to praise Him. The message of Galatians is that of grace, graceful living. Let's see how we should and should not respond to His grace. So how will you respond to the Gospel? When I ask the question, how will you respond to the Gospel, I'm referring to the Gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. The setting here is that the Gospel is at stake. So, a couple of ways that we need to, that, that people respond. Do you respond with delight? Let's look at verses 3 through 5. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from the present evil age according to to the will of our God and Father, and to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God graciously extends His favor to us. The first word in this verse, in verse 3, the first word is grace. Grace to you. It's a word that extends to you from God. You walk in total dependence on the Holy Spirit in grace. It's, it's God's activity toward you. It's Him reaching down, not you reaching up. God draws people to Himself. He drew me. If you're a follower of Christ, He drew you to Himself. We are the subjects of a rescue operation. He rescued me. Wow, glory to God. (laughs) And the only way any of us can get right with God is through His grace given to you through the cross of Christ. In Ephesians chapter two, Verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then Paul describes the grace in action in verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins. That is grace in action. That he might deliver us from this uh, present evil age. Yes, it was an evil age when Paul lived on this earth. It is an evil age still today. And he delivers us from the evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Without deliverance, You are destroyed and destined for hell. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for God's grace and His deliverance, and I'm responding with delight. Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond uh, many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more uh, exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. So he was talking about his former life. See, that's part of his testimony. (laughs) That was Paul's life before Christ. And then he had this experience in Acts chapter nine on the road to Damascus. What was he doing on the road to Damascus? He was headed to persecute Christians. Delight in the good news of Christ today. We just need to delight in him God deserves glory and honor and praise he rescued me and you he delivers us the first response needs to be with delight so then there's a second response that is desertion let's look at verses 6 and 7 I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to uh, pervert the gospel of Christ. So Paul has stated the response the, the the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been talking about that. Now then he moves to the problem. Paul is astounded. He is troubled. And he finds the response of the Galatians to the intruders that are... Uh, bewildering they they are and and he is just astounded at the teachings of of these people and that the galatians are listening and responding to them <clears throat> isaiah communicates uh the heart uh, the heart cause for both the um teachers and and the learners Let me find Isaiah. There we go. Isaiah twenty-nine thirteen. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths, and honor me, capital M, honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. He says, People um, draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And that's the way the Galatians are here at this point. When one follows those who compromise the gospel, You go from good news to bad news. Hinduism tells that if you renounce the world and relate ourselves to the spirit of the universe, you will at least find your way to peace. Buddhism sets before you eight principles by which man is to walk. And thus find himself on the way to salvation Judaism says you must keep the law absolutely and inflexibly um, and then you will be saved you see that's what Paul was shooting after he was he was um, into Judaism and um, as he says in, in verses 13 and 14 If you want to be saved, you've got to keep the law. Islam says that a man must pray five times a day and give alms and fast on the month of uh, Ramadan and obey the commandment of Allah. Unitarianism says that, that having good character saves man. Modern humanism says salvation is by service to mankind. You pay attention to the news. So all you gotta do is listen to the news and, and you'll hear all the good things that people are doing. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, Well, I'm a good person. I do I do good things, I help people. Well that's not the way to heaven. I mean, it's it's a good thing to help people. It's a good thing to serve mankind. But that's not the answer for salvation. In every case, according to the world's view, salvation is achieved by something that we have to do. So Paul uses strong words, showing his disgust, and says to them, you cannot tolerate a single drop of legalism To be intermixed with grace. When that happens, it does not just pollute grace. It reverses and destroys it. Grace is grace. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. And you can't change it. It's a total desertion. It's what Paul is telling these, these folks. Which leads to a third response, that of denial. One can have... Um, one can have and listen to the good news but respond in denial. So, in verses 7 through 9, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. He's trying to get the point across, I think. Saying it just twice in a row. It is one thing to follow; it is another to teach. Over in in, in Titus, um, chapter one, and verses ten and eleven, for there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped who subvert whole households teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain you can read from there in in titus and it talks about it even more jude 4 tells us that those who distort the gospel are devoted to destruction. Paul says they are accursed. When you reject grace and set up rules, you are under the divine curse. It's a terrifying prospect. Somebody preached a sermon on that one day. I think it was Spurgeon. I'm trying to remember if that was Spurgeon or not, but he preached a sermon in the hands of an angry God. I listened to it one time. Well, I read it. Let's be people who do not deny God's grace. Salvation comes through Jesus and Jesus alone. In Acts 4, Acts 4.12 Nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In 2 Corinthians 6.2 we're told today is the day of salvation. Don't deny Jesus any longer believe on Him and Him only today. He is the only way for salvation, He's the only way to heaven. John 14:6 uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Perversions of the gospel easily creep into the church. I know churches in our area here who's had to dismiss people from membership because they got a wild hair that it was something else. We must be willing to establish to be well established in the truth. It's my calling and anyone else's calling who profess Jesus as Lord and Savior to help the weak and feeble Christian to be strong and steadfast. We call that discipleship. And to grow up into the full measure of Christ. Not enough to possess the truth. The truth must possess you. There are many who profess but do not possess. I want to encourage you in two areas concerning graceful living. Go on in God's grace in your relationship with Him. Just continue on. Go on in grace in your relationship with God. Delight in the Lord. Psalm, 30, Psalm 37 and verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Now listen. Delight yourself also in the Lord, for He shall give you the desires of your heart. I want you to know God loves you. He wants what is best for you. So, go on in grace in your relationship with Him. Delight in the Lord. And then secondly, go on in grace in your relationship with life. Let God's grace lead you in life. You've been forgiven of your sins, all of them. That's worth delighting in. Go on in grace. get two things settled your relationship with the Lord go on in grace not law not rules but a vital relationship based on grace and secondly your relationship with life as you encounter the opportunity to allow God to express his grace through you into the hurt the decisions, and the circumstances of life. Go on in graceful living. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. There's no other gospel. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. The gospel is the good news. If you make it anything else, it turns it into bad news. Let's pray. Father, you are our King. Father, you are our Lord. You are our hope, our peace, our joy. And Father, we rejoice in your grace. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross that we can experience your forgiveness, that we can experience an abundant life, and eternal life. And Father, we rejoice in Jesus this morning. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.